0: what's up what's up what's up everybody welcome to the why jesus podcast we are on episode number six and why jesus answering god answer answering god's most question answering (laughs) life's most important question and not only why is that the most important question to ask when you know we're we're seeking salvation or we're wondering what happens after this life but also why Jesus to filter everything that we experience in life through, to filter it through that, that lens of the gospel as a foundation and Jesus Christ as a foundation. Whether we're looking at politics, world events, entertainment, everything should be filtered through the lens of why Jesus. So with that being said, we have somebody with us, uh, Pastor Josh Bolton out in Arizona, and he has a YouTube channel called Jesus in Five, and we're gonna get into describing what that channel is. But, you know, just real quick, uh, introduce yourself, Josh.
1: Yeah, I'm Josh um, in Phoenix, Arizona now, but I come here from Indianapolis, Indiana, so that's where I'm originally from. And uh, from there, I joined the Air Force, and uh, that's how I got out to Phoenix. And I've been, um, I've been married for 12 years now. Uh, my wife's name is Andrea. We have three kids. Uh, so we have twin daughters um, who are seven and we got a five-year-old boy. Um, and so they keep me busy. I'm also, like he said, I'm an associate pastor at a church um, out here in Glendale, Arizona. And I've been at this church for going on four years now um so it's been a blessing keeps me busy um but it's always a blessing seeing the fruit in people's lives as they uh, grow more in their faith um and i love the light bulb moments um when we're in like small groups stuff like that um just seeing people get rid of false beliefs and uh bring on the truth in their lives and and then uh we do a lot of evangelism here so we see a um pretty significant amount of salvations and baptism so that's me in a nutshell um so yeah nice
0: so i uh, i didn't know that you had you had twins my brothers are twins oh cool yeah yeah so i i know growing up with twins can be crazy <laughs> yeah.
1: are they identical
0: <laughs> yeah they are they are yeah. they they look uh different now but when they were kids you you could not tell them apart at yeah. all yeah I mean, yeah. I could because I was their brother, but nobody else could. And now when we look back, like even my brothers don't know which one they are. When we look at old pictures and stuff, they, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. they have no idea. They're like, I don't even know who this is. The only, <laughs> the only telling thing is if they had a sp- specific haircut at a certain time in their life, you know. Yep. But mm-hmm. uh, I do not have the ability to have any haircuts anymore. <laughs> oh, um, <bum. laughs> <laughs> so you can trim that beard though. Yeah, yeah, that is true. That is true. <laughs> but um anyway Josh, take us through, you know, your journey. Uh, how did you come to Christ? Did you grow up in the church? Uh is this something that happened we I just spoke to uh another uh, uh another person who was in the military uh on a previous podcast uh Joe okay. and and he came to Christ through the military. So I'm just I'm just curious how that all happened and uh, and did you grow up in the church what was your life like before christ and you know where you're at now
1: Yeah, no, i uh i did grow up in the church um it was uh, i think an american baptist church was where my parents were going uh, i think my parents got saved either right before or shortly after they were married um, so they were married in 1981 i was born in 1984. Um, and so i remember bbs i remember kids church I remember this specific book and I can never find it, but I had such cool illustrations and pictures. Um, and so I wish I could find that book to be a really nostalgic for me. But uh, yeah, so, I mean, I grew up in that church. I remember um, as an eight-year-old, um, they would have semi-altar calls, not like the traditional ones we have now, but there would be like a time during the month where the pastor would say, okay, like, if you believe, I want you to come forward. And um, if you want to be baptized, please come forward. Well, I was eight. And I remember that was the day that, like, he was going to ask people to come forward. So I remember pointing my feet towards where he was at. I was in the front row. I was ready that day. So, you know, I think the Holy Spirit had already saved me at even a young age, um, regenerated me and had me believe. And that was just like, I guess a public thing, uh, that I was doing. And then, um, and then I was, uh, that pastor wanted to like make sure I understood cause that's how, you know, the Baptist church works. So I had a couple of meetings with him. Then I was baptized at, at eight years old, just like a month later or something. So it was like June in 1991, I was uh, baptized probably a believer before that, honestly. Um, but obviously, God does things in baptism, which maybe we can get into a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so then, uh, at, in fourth grade, my parents wanted to put us in private school, and there was probably some um, some even theological things my my dad started wrestling with. But he wanted us to go to a private school, so we went to a Lutheran school, Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, um, and they got confirmed. My parents did, and uh, so I've, I went to school from fourth grade to senior in high school, uh, St. John Lutheran Church and School in Indianapolis, Indiana. Um, I was confirmed in eighth grade. I had no idea what that meant yeah. at grader. Um, I just knew that I learned Luther's small catechism. I had memorized it. I had to pre- I just had to say it back to our teachers, um, and then I was confirmed. Uh, my confirmation verse is... Proverbs 3 verses 5 and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on on your own understanding. So I remember that verse. Um, it always sticks with me. So it was super foundational though. Um, and I didn't understand it at the time, but obviously God's working throughout our whole lives and he's got every step planned for us. And so that was a super, super, super foundational part of my life. Um, and then in, uh, at, at, and in high school, my dad, um, I, kids liked me, even in high school. I don't know why, they just liked me. And so my dad kind of said like, hey man, you should, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And so he kind of said, hey, you should become a, a kid's pastor. And I was mm-hmm. like, nope. And so <laughs> I, I, I ran for the hills, man. Um, and so, because I didn't know what I wanted to do, which was pretty true. Um, I I decided to join the Air Force uh, mm. at 18. And so I had my summer after I graduated, went off to the Air Force, and my, that was my first flight I had ever been on, was going to Lackland and San Antonio for basic training. Like, it was a pretty scary time for me, because um, there was just a lot of unknowns. I had never like, I mean, we had gone on trips and stuff in the car, but like never on my own like this. And so it was pretty uh frightening and uh anyway so even in lackland went to church um my first duty station was in iceland i went to church i became part of awana's there um at a at a southern baptist church they were like king james only though like right outside the base um and i remember going to like small groups and stuff there and they would have i think kent hoven was on and uh, he's like a i think he's a young earth uh, creationist yeah he is So yeah so they would have um they would have him on so that was like it's just so crazy thinking about like all these things like god's planting seeds here and planting seeds there um and you know getting me involved in church at each step of the way so that's what i did in iceland went to tyndall got involved in churches there um and then i came out here to phoenix for our tech uh like a shred off of my career field, uh, which was controlling aircraft. Cause it was boring in Iceland. My job was super boring, super boring in t- at, uh, Tyndall and, in, in uh, Panama city. And I didn't like Panama city. I felt like so trapped there. And like, ugh. it just, the, the, the Gulf was there. And then it was like, I don't know, it was just weird. I didn't like it there. I felt like claustrophobic or something. Mm-hmm. So I had to get out of that duty station so i came out here anyways for that uh shred and i didn't really go to school out here or i mean church out here because the school was just so intense and it was i was only here for five months and like trying to get involved in the local church you only got five months so that was a an unfortunate thing i probably missed out on some opportunities by not doing that but um then i went to tyndall again for a month flew out to korea and i did slides there um like PowerPoint slides for the Mm. church out in Korea. And then I got a little bit involved in Awana's again, uh, while I was there. Then I did a base of preference here. That's a whole story as to with the girl that I was dating and all this other stuff. And that just went like this, like just blew up and that's a whole other thing that God was doing in my life. Um, but came out here, and I started going to the big church out here called CCV. Um, and so I got involved in the neighborhood groups, got involved on a soccer team, um, you know, just, just really got as involved as I could in that, in that church. And then I ended up deploying to Afghanistan, didn't go to church while I was there, um, which is another unfortunate thing. And then came back out here and CCV had planted a church in Goodyear, Arizona and it was like 2 minutes from my house. So I started going to that church, doing setup, up, tear down in the kids ministry. And while I when I got back from uh that deployment is when I met my wife on Christian Mingle. Oh, so, nice. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, women be careful of Christian Mingle. Um and <laughs> guys, respect the ladies on Christian Mingle, but obviously any website anytime, but yeah. Well, that's
0: the only only, that and higher bond are the only one you Christians are allowed to be on. You should not be on no bumble. You should not (laughs) be on no Tinder. All right.
1: (laughs) Right. Right. But uh, she had she had gotten saved. uh, So this was 2008. She had gotten saved when I was deployed. Obviously, we didn't know each other. Um, And then when I got back, we met in March of 2009 on Christian Mingle. Our first date was the church she got saved in and, uh, I hop. So that's, that's, yeah. that's the most Christian thing ever, <laughs> <laughs> right? Church. And then I hop. <laughs> yep. Yep. So, and we just passed that, we, uh, climbed camelback the other day with my kids and we passed that I hop and I was like, Hey, that was, uh, that's our first date kids. And oh, they, were cool. they were like, Oh wow. Um, anyway, so, so yeah, we met, um, in 2009 and then, uh, I was, like I said, I was going to that church in Goodyear and my wife had just got saved at this church. Um, and so she felt more comfortable in that church, which I totally understand. And I was, um, not to sound arrogant, but I was a more mature believer. I'd been saved for almost 20 years at that point. And so I, um, I ended up going to that church with her and, um, I was still in the military when we met. I was still active duty. And I thought I had my whole life planned out like, hey, I'm going to, um, I'm going to be a data links person. I'm going to make six figures a year. It was like set for me. Um, And I was sitting in a conference and I saw all these backbiting and these politics and all this stuff that was going on. And all of a sudden, it was like God smacked me in the back of the head. Like the Holy Spirit was like, wake up, dude. Like, what are you doing here? And that was one of those times where, you know, I've never really heard God speak to me. But it was like one of those moments where like, what are you? God was asking me, what are your passions, man? And I, I remember writing down the Bible, God, and people. And at that moment, it was like, what, what, what are you doing sitting in this room trying to make money? Like, mm. what, what is the point of this? So my wife and I were engaged at the time. I went home and, and then I met with her and I said, hey, I think that I'm being called in the ministry. And, and for her being newly saved, she was like, what? <laughs> what? Like, what, what is, are you kidding me? Yeah. Um, so this was in 2010 that I felt called to do this, and um, so I separated from the Air Force. Uh, met with an associate pastor that was at um, um, that was at Oasis, the church we were going to at the time, and uh, and he met with me and he's like, "Well, if you feel called to ministry, let's get you into ministry. Like, let's get you plugged into some um, some." like youth leadership and so they had just hired a new youth pastor so his first day being hired was my first day like being in youth leadership with him and so i just started in youth leadership in 2010 and basically the rest is history like um he ended up being let go then i was interim youth pastor as we waited on a new youth pastor to come to the church So i was doing that for like four months or so and i was in the guard at the time still going to school full-time not full-time i was going to school online and i was working full-time and uh waiting on this guy and then doing the the youth pastor thing at the time and so finally he got there and um i did youth leadership with him well that guy is my pastor today um who is the lead pastor of the church i'm sitting in right now um which is which is the bridge church so um yeah so we did minute we you know i've done ministry with him since i think it was 2012 he came and uh so it's almost been ten, a decade that we've done ministry together which is uh, pretty cool so anyways um 2013 they were uh under budget cuts for the government they were shutting down our squadron in 2013 and um, and so I had to make a decision that year to retrain in the guard or to get out and trust God. Mm. And my wife and I were trying to get out of debt at the time. Uh, we were following the, the debt Dave snowball. Ramble. Yeah, that they, my dad handed me total money makeover and he's like, you need to get out of debt, boy. Yep. And I'm like, yep, you're right, man. So we had my truck left, that was it. Still have the truck, just drove it here today. Um, it's a Toyota Tundra. It's a bad boy right there, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So it's it's like 11 years old now, so it's not it does that nothing.
0: Cool. We have a uh, um, you know, we we were on the Dave Ramsey thing. We didn't take the course, yeah, yeah. but but I, I feel like he's always looking at me, right? So <laughs> now everything that we buy, it's like if if we if we don't buy it cash, we're not buying it, you know. Yep. Uh, yep. So we bought a 1990s uh, Isuzu Trooper you know, nice. and it's just in Puerto Rico, there's no such thing as nice cars or not nice cars. So it's like a little easier out here. You don't have yeah, to, everybody's yeah. car's all messed up. So, <laughs> for sure. so to us, it's for like, sure. it's like we're driving a Bentley, you know, but it's <laughs> the suspension back then is way different than, than it is now. Now, when I get in like a, a newer car and I drive it, I'm like, wow, this is so smooth. And you yeah. gotta understand my last car prior to uh, to this car, the last one that i owned was a uh 650 bmw so it was oh, wow the driving status is is just like it's night and day you know i'll I'll <laughs> never own a 650 bmw ever again even if i could yeah. buy seven of them but yeah uh, you definitely feel the difference in driving
1: <laughs> for sure anyway so uh, side note no you yeah yes yeah. So, uh so you know we were trying to get out of debt at the time and uh my dad was visiting And we went on this hike in Colorado backpacking trip with some other guys. My dad came along and this was like my decision point. Like, are you going to stay in or are you going to get out? And, um, at that point I I went on this hike. It was kind of like one of those, like, man, you better seek God and get an answer kind of things. And I came down the mountain and I I didn't have an answer like, yes. And so I was asking, uh an elder who was at the church, he's the executive pastor at Oasis now. And I was just asking him, like, what should I do, man? Like I'm I seem lost. And he's like, Well, he's like, I kind of think you should get out, man. I think God's gonna give you opportunities. And so I took his um his advice and his wisdom and also I really felt pulled to ministry. Um, you know, I was already going to school for it and stuff. And so, you know, I talked to my wife about it and she's like, we're gonna be okay. Like just I think you should, should get out. She, she's a nurse and she was make is still making good money. And so she was like, you know, we'll be all right. And, um, like I think you should do it. So, um, I'm driving my dad to the airport after this trip and I'm, I'm telling him like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to get out. Like, and I'm, a little worried about this. And he's, he's looking at the truck and he's like, well, I'll send you some money for the truck. And my truck was filthy from the hiking. Mm. And I'm like, no, you don't need to send me any money, man. Like it's, it's okay. I can, I can wash my truck out myself. And he's like, no, I want to send you some. And I was like, okay. So drop him off airport. Two days later, I think I had like $2,000 left in my truck. Two days later, he sends me a check for a thousand dollars. Wow. And I was like, wasn't expecting that. Yeah. And then like, a couple of days later, I go into my chief and I'm like, hey, chief, like I've decided I am going to separate from from the guard. And he's like, all right, thanks for letting me know. And then two days after that, he comes and he uh, has me uh, sign this paperwork of separation and severance. And mm-hmm. so they were going to give me like thirty five hundred bucks to separate. And I was like, wow, like God's providing for me, even even in the midst of like being scared. Right. So it was kind of yeah so it was uh it was confirmation for me um an affirmation of like hey like god's gonna provide like Mm -hmm. you shouldn't worry about this like if if he's calling you to ministry then he's gonna provide for your needs and you you shouldn't worry so much about it and so i ended up getting out 2013 and then i got called um like three weeks after i got out just going to school full time and billy the lead pastor at oasis ends up calling me on a Thursday, which this is classic Billy for you. Um, great guy, but he's kind of spontaneous. Yeah, yeah. Um, And so he, he ends up calling me on a Thursday and he's like, Hey, our uh, kids pastor is resigning. We're going to go to a conference in Texas. We want you to come and we want you to be our interim children's pastor. And I'm like, uh, I, I don't, I don't know if I want to do that. Like kids, yeah. I don't know about kids. And he's like, well, just come on, come to the conference with us. And, you know, we'll, we'll just see what, what happens. So I end up going, you know, I'm like, well, let me talk to my wife. And he's like, oh yeah, obviously you need to talk to her. And so she's like, yeah, I think you should go. So end up going to this conference. And at, at that conference, it was like, you know, one of those, you know, God moments where it's like, yeah. Um, kids may not be your passion josh but they're god's passion Mm. and and you need to take this step of faith as well and minister to these kids and so I, i said yes and and then i was the interim children's pastor and then from there was an associate pastor doing and i was doing young adult ministry at the time as well and um yeah so it just escalated from you know, youth ministry to kids ministry to associate stuff to young adults back to youth ministry. So, they just kept moving my seat on the bus at that at that church. And then it was discipleship and assimilation was just like getting people into like volunteering and stuff. Mm. And so, in 2018, um, Oasis helped plant this church, and they sent Eric out um, like Pastor Eric, you go plant this church in Glendale. We'll give you some support and. It's like four months later, he was just busting at the seams, and he was like, "I, I need help." So he asked Pastor Billy if he could start talking to me about coming on and and you know getting a um, a system going for us to like get people plugged into groups and ministries and all that kind of stuff. And so after Pastor Billy reluctantly said yes, we started talking, and then the the biggest thing that made both of us. Like really want to do ministry together is we sat down and we both said like because he comes from assembly of god background i come from a lutheran background and and kind of like non-denominational but i had those lutheran roots and we both both just said like we gotta look at scripture and no matter what our traditions say whatever scripture says like that's what we we got to submit to mm-hmm. and so i've had to submit to submit to some things he's had to submit to some things and it's just really um obviously this is the, the bible's the guide man and so um so in 2019 i came on staff here as an associate pastor and yeah we've just been like we hired a uh, another uh, an associate pastor this last year and so we're growing and like it's all all because of what God's doing and because we're preaching the word. And that's, it's as simple as that, man. Yeah. So
0: that's incredible. And what, you know, you said a few things that really stood out to me. One of them, uh, was, you know, you, you guys sat down together and, you know, he's from more charismatic background and, you know, you're from more Lutheran background. And the fact that you guys sat together and was like, look, we got to be, uh, you know, the Bible is our guide. Okay. Mm -hmm. Not my traditions, not your traditions, Let's just let's just do it this way. You know, let's yeah. let's let's focus on what's important. And I think that's really great because, you know, I, that's what I'm about as well. You know, this just by, yeah. uh, you know, we're all in a, a group chat and stuff together. And there's so many different, uh, you know, theologies in that group chat. And it's it's a beautiful thing when we see on you know, social media and Twitter and YouTube that m- many of these camps stay in their own echo chambers you know and yeah. it's cool because I I think whenever I listen to people who are in in an echo chamber and all they do is talk about their specific theology I can learn a lot about their theology from that so yeah. there is definitely a positive uh, in doing so but where I think um, we 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 come out at a loss is when we think that everyone else just has it so wrong and you can think you're right without thinking everyone else is is wrong. I think John, it might've been John Calvin who said, uh, you know, all of us are only about 80% right, you know? (laughs) Probably, yeah. Yeah, so (laughs) I think that that's really dope. So, what I want to ask you is, um, you know, you you said you were born in 1984. That means that when you you got into the military, it was right around 9-11, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so... When you joined the Air Force and, you know, you you had to go to Afghanistan and stuff like that, how did you balance that with, you know, you you already have your faith. You're somebody who is a Bible-believing Christian, and now Mm -hmm. here you're getting sent off essentially to war during one of the craziest times in this country's history. How did you deal with um, your emotions, and how did you maintain your faith? I know you didn't go to church in Afghanistan. I'm pretty sure there's not a lot of churches <laughs> in yeah. Afghanistan. In the, the, there was chapel though. I yeah, could have went yeah. to chapel. <laughs> but so just just talk to us about that process and about where your head was. Plus, you're 18 years old. So when I was 18 years old, I had like just recently got kicked out of my house, and I was like selling drugs and using drugs and stuff. Like I was I losing my mind at that point. I couldn't imagine being an 18 year old getting sent off to afghanistan plus trying to like wrestle with my christian faith all at the same time
1: yeah i mean so for you know when i was i was probably around 23 or 24 when i got sent to afghanistan because that was 2008 <clears throat> but my first you know three duty stations those were rough man like as an 18-year-old in Iceland and a in a country I've never been in before. Oh, you can eat his did, fish. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they had a good burger joint off 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 base, so with some pretty good fries. Mm. Missed those fries and that seasoning, but anyways, um, yeah. So, I, I I think it was just friends, um, kind of coming. out, I had to come out of my shell a little bit, like, and not be so insecure and reserved. So like that was a huge thing for me when I first joined, I, I had a lot of insecurity. Um, and I'll get back to your your other statement on the war, but mm-hmm. I had a ton of insecurity and I had really good supervisors who were like, hey man, like, you, you know what you're doing. You, you're good at your job. Like you should be confident in who you are, you're, you're smart. Um, and so like those people being around me and like really encouraging me and, you know, speaking um good things into my life and like really acknowledging like the person that i am it really helped me to be more confident and and then them making me an instructor and saying like hey you're so good at your job they you know we want to make you an instructor and then we did this like um we did this like challenge uh, against each other and i ended up winning that and so it was like. All those things really helped develop me as as a person because I was very, very insecure. And then, you know, uh, I think that helped me and kind of gave me some momentum going to Florida and then going to Korea. Um, I I dealt with a lot of anger. I wish I had read that book we we talked about before coming live tactics before. um, I remember being in Korea and being a Christian and sitting down with a buddhist at a table just in our squadron in our flight and uh she was a really cool girl and she was just asking me like well why why don't uh why don't christians like um it was when the whole gay marriage thing was coming up and so she was basically asking me like like why can't people be gay and all this other stuff and i was just giving her straight answers from the bible and there was an atheist sitting there and all of a sudden he just goes who cares what god thinks f god and i'm like you did not just like say that and so i did not hold my temper and i went off on him which was not godly at all or christian and so i ended up just ripping into him and like just yelling at the top of my lungs at him our senior master sergeant heard me down the hall he comes running in and like what are you guys doing? Get in my office now. So we go into the office and he's chewing us both out. Rightfully so. I mean, it was, it was ridiculous that we were arguing about this, but, um, so I, I mean, I, I've had my own mistakes and missteps and sins even as a Christian, you know, dealing with non-Christians and stuff, but having good friends too, solid friends, um, in those areas. And then when I was deployed, I mean, I I honestly don't know. Guys who did my job came back. They came back with PTSD. Um, They came back, like, kind of messed up. And I don't know if it's just God's protection or what the deal is. But right before I got there, there was uh, mortar attacks on the compound I was at. And um the guy I was relieving was telling me all about it he's like man like make sure you have your your rifle on you at all times make sure you have your guns like it's no joke people try to jump the fence security forces took him out the other day While I was there we I mean it was pretty quiet and so I think it was a lot of God's protection um and then just understanding that sometimes and I don't know if the war was justified or not but um cause there's a lot of gray area and all that stuff. But I mean, I think war can be justified at times. And so I think at the time I thought it was. And so, um, that kind of gave me peace, I guess, about being over there and seeing all the death that I did see, it was just kind of like, you know, one of those things, like this is kind of a necessary evil, I guess. I I would probably think about it differently 15 years later, but yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, I, so I think a lot of it was just God's, God's protection on my mind and stuff at the time. So I don't, I don't have a really solid answer for you on that, but other than God, God is good, I guess. Yeah. Um, I think it's so interesting,
0: yeah, I think it's interesting that you said, you know, at the time you, you justify it. And now 15 years later, you're like, yeah, I probably wouldn't have viewed it that way. But I, I guess that was kind of like how you could cope with it.
1: Yeah, maybe. Um, yeah,
0: you know, I don't know. I'm trying to like psychoanalyze <laughs> the, yeah, the I I'm, I'm at a loss because <laughs> you know I, I have friends who went out there and they they came back absolutely different people. You know, yeah. they're different people. They're they're on meds today or, uh, you know, now they're they're smoking a lot of weed because mm-hmm. um, you know now that now that you're able to smoke it for anxiety and stuff, which I don't get because whenever I smoked weed. I got super anxious so (laughs) i I, even before i was saved i I couldn't do it i I got super super anxious so um it's just interesting how how we grow as people and you you look back and say yeah i I probably wouldn't have viewed it like that but i guess at that time it's how you had to view it to to get through it
1: and 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 it's what you're being told like hey Mm -hmm. we're We're here looking for bin laden and like we got to find him you know that's like that's our mission yeah i mean you do see the messed up things that the enemies were doing with their own wives and kids and like shielding themselves and all that kind of stuff it's like man that that's i mean how how cold do you got to be to do that kind of stuff um so anyways there there was some some odd stuff that happened as well from their side of the, the fence so um yeah anyways. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I I've, I've read some stories there was uh there was like some lieutenant or something like that or some sergeant who got kicked out because um he there was uh they had like pet boys. Like they kept little boys as pets uh, tied mm. to their bed uh some some of these um uh people in in Afghanistan. And like I guess he just lost it when he saw it. And yeah. uh, and like punched the dude in the face or something like that and then they, they kicked him out the military. So mm-hmm. uh yeah, I could imagine all of the craziness. Yeah. My stepfather was in Vietnam and, and he said that he saw some craziness oh, out yeah, there. That. Stuff that could yeah. get us demonetized. So yeah, for <laughs> sure. For sure. <laughs> so fast forward, now now here you are. Yeah. You got you just I would say recently started a YouTube channel. You know, what what, maybe
1: it was a year, it was basically a year ago in yeah. January.
0: we connected maybe like eight months ago, six or eight months ago, I would say, right? And uh, I, I remember just seeing your channel popping up. I'm like, oh, all right, cool. Let me follow this dude. And I really like what it is that you do there. So explain to people what you do on your Jesus in Five um, channel. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it goes back to kind of the faith journey I've been on, which is. You know, you, know, you, you um, kind of understand that there's like pre-incarnate Christ and all those kind of things in the Old Testament. Like mm-hmm. you can see like, oh, the angel of the Lord, Joshua bows down to him. That's a, you know, a, a theophany or a pre-incarnate Christ. Mm-hmm. And like, that's cool. And then I ran into Fighting for the Faith, Chris Rosebro's channel. And I've always wanted to do like some sort of YouTube channel or podcast or something. And I just, I mean, you know, you, you can get on there and talk about anything. And so I, I've had friends, Christian guys who've like, yeah, let's do it, man. And and then it just fizzles out and it never happens. And so I had been listening to um, fighting for the faith for like binging, fighting for the faith. And then he did um, an old Testament series. And I can't remember what uh, old Testament, Christian's guide to the Old Testament something like that. It, you can find it on his channel. it's a playlist but he was walking through the Old Testament like Joseph and Abraham and showing like what he was doing is kind of discernment but he's like these guys take these these scriptures from the Old Testament and they try to make it about us like Abraham had great faith and so you got to have great faith and like putting ourselves into the stories and he's like, no, the story about Abraham, and Isaac is pointing us to Jesus. And mm-hmm. so then he's like walking through that whole story and he's showing us Jesus. And it was like, my mind just was like, poof, like, that's like incredible. Like I've known the Bible's about Jesus, but like when you have somebody walk you through it like that, it's, it just becomes even more alive. Mm-hmm. And so then I started, uh, I ran across um, a couple other podcasts, 40 Minutes in the Old Testament, specifically with Chad Bird. And he did the same thing and he was walking through the hebrew because he's like a hebrew scholar and he's walking through the hebrew and like 40 minutes is kind of a long time he like it's pretty deep and he's walking through that stuff and so like it's not for everyone but i I mean i i really enjoy it and so you know that stuff was like really making the bible come alive to me and then in 2020 i got my kids into jujitsu and because I'm a vet, they have free classes for veterans. They got me into jujitsu. Nice. And uh, I had a friend here at the church hook me up with a gi. He hooked me up with a belt. And he's like, I'll see you tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. And he didn't show up till 6 30. And I'm like, come on, bro. Like, bro, <laughs> don't you know walking- I'm in the military? I got to be on time. <laughs> well, that. And I'm scared out of my mind because I'm going <laughs> to this place by myself. Um, so, yeah. So we, you know, I, I go there and he ends up, you know, kind of ratting me out. I I was trying to be all covert and go in there as just like a guy, man, like just, I want to be a dude. And he ends up like, yeah, this is my, my pastor and all this stuff. And I'm like, dude, come on, man. (laughs) And so, so, um, because the, the black belt there is a, a former, I think ranger in green beret, he ended up like wanting me to be the class chaplain. And so at first it was like hey can you pray for us and i was like yeah sure i can pray and it was only like three or four guys and so I, I started praying and then um i got injured and he was like hey when you come back i want you i want you to come back man we need you here we need you to pray for us and so like i came back and uh and after my injury and and so i started praying and then all of a sudden one day he's like hey yeah so you know, this is our unofficial chaplain, and he's going to give us a little message to get today. So listen up, guys. And, and I'm like, a message? Like, Jeff, you didn't tell me about no message. And he's like, oh, you can do it. Just give us a message. And it was it was probably pretty terrible because it was so spontaneous. And But it was around Christmas. So it was like two years ago, like right around this time. And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to tell you about Jesus being born. Yeah. And so I ended up doing that really quickly. So I did that for like a year, like just t- showing – guys, Jesus from the old testament. And one day, like I said, I'd always wanted to do like a channel or something. So one day I'm just sitting and I'm like working through all these channel names and and like a bunch of them were taken and stuff. Like so finally I'm like, well I share this I shared Jesus in five minutes with these guys at Jiu Jitsu. And I'm like, ah Jesus in five but I wanna see if that domain is available. So I searched it real quick. It was a dot com. It was available. I was like, all right, I'm jumping on it. And so nice. Um, and so, you know, and I don't have a lot of time for like 40 minute videos, like, I guess I could do them live, but I'd probably be pretty terrible and stumble a lot and all that kind of stuff. So, so I just decided like, all right, I'll do this, these five minute videos. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of the evolution of where that took place. So my channel is right now, today I posted a video on Melchizedek, which is the back half of Genesis 14 and showing how Melchizedek points us to Jesus. Um, And so I'm just working through passage by passage, kind of taking the nuggets I learned from Chris Rosebro, Chad Bird, uh, Daniel Emery Price, and then going from there and using the tools that they gave me to find Jesus in the Old Testament. And I try to do it in five minutes because I know people don't have a ton of time when we have so many content creators and everything out there um and so i've gotten feedback too like one guy he's like yeah i just listened to it on my way uh on my way to work it's a 5 minute drive and so i love that they're so condensed they're 5 minutes and um they they're kind of my kickstarter to the day or whatever um and then after he tells me that he starts talking with another guy and then it's just f this f that and like <laughs> Because it's like, okay, you got to do
0: something, man. You got to do something.
1: <laughs> it's, it's interesting. Um,
0: but yeah, so,
1: I mean, that's it is what it is.
0: That's awesome. When I first learned about uh, types, right? Look, yeah. I, I, I understood the Bible was about Jesus, but uh, it wasn't until I got a study Bible where it was, you know, it would say, oh, yeah, this person's a type of Christ, you know, mm-hmm. to... To, to foreshadow that. And there were so many uh, types of Christ, you know. I, I, I read the footnotes and it says, yeah, this person, type of Christ. This person, type mm-hmm. of Christ. And at first I thought it was like blasphemy. No way, I got a wrong study Bible, you know. But that was <laughs> until I fully understood what it meant. And when you, uh, you know, as you said, it, it makes the Bible come alive because you're like, wow, the way that it all... You know, this is written over 1,500 years pretty much with all these different authors and 66 different books. And the way that it all is just like it, it meshes together. It harmonizes in such an incredible way that yeah. once you realize what a type is, it's so illuminating, right? Mm-hmm. And it gets you excited for Christ.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Big time. Yeah. So today, like, you know, uh, talked about bread and wine. Um, because Melchizedek ends up giving Abraham bread and wine. And so bread and wine, what does that sound like to you? The Lord's Supper, right? Where he institutes the Lord's Supper. And so like, um, just like little things like that, or when you see in Jonah where uh, it says seaweed is um, around his head, like that's a type and shadow of, or a shadow, I should say, of... The crown of thorns that's going to be placed on Jesus' head. Like when you see these things in scripture, it does. It just makes the gospel narratives come alive and what Jesus has done for us. It's like, oh, it's all that's what he means by like when Moses and the prophets say that the Christ shall suffer, be buried, and rise from the dead. Mm -hmm. That's what he's talking about. And then Jonah gets spit out of the whale, whale. and it's or the fish whatever you want to call it but and then he gets spit out of the fish and it's like that's a shadow of Jesus's resurrection from the dead um so like all of that stuff is all over the scriptures and i know we talk about it a lot and we say like yeah we know jesus is on, in the on every page like um but actually diving into it i think is important uh, to show people and then i had another guy a friend of mine he um posted on, I think, not, not the video I posted today, but the last one I did. And he was like, hey, I'm reading the, the Old Testament now and I'm finding Jesus myself in there. Wow. And I'm like, that, that's what it's all about, man. It's not about me necessarily teaching you every little thing, but it's about you reading it yourself and then Jesus, you seeing him and, and, and uh, remembering what he's done for you and being comforted in that. Like that's my ultimate goal is to lift burdens off of people because i think there are too many teachers out there who are putting burdens on us and saying like you better be like moses and you better cross that red sea and it's like i'm not moses though and i'm not abraham and and those guys were flawed as well and they needed jesus just as much as i do Mm -hmm. um and so i'm trying to point people to jesus not to moses or abraham or jonah or anyone else like so, and I think that should be the goal of of all all Christian teachers is to point people to Jesus. Yeah. Ultimately.
0: And, and like we can learn things by reading these stories, you know, but sure. that there's there's a difference between, uh, you know, Joseph is, is somebody that everybody goes to when it's like, oh, mm-hmm. you want an inspiring story about endurance and stuff. You know, Joseph, the, you could turn a whole entire, you'd have a whole series, a motivational series on that right. you know there's a difference between reading it and getting inspiration and, and learning things from what they went through there's a completely different uh, there's a huge difference between doing that and then like just completely inserting yourself into it and forgetting what the bible is actually for yes and what it's exactly. actually pointing to
1: mm-hmm. yeah i mean you can see that i went to a church the, a couple weeks ago and they did a story on the, the story of Joseph and it was about forgiveness. And yeah, we all should forgive, but he traced it back to how Christ has forgiven us. Like, and, and 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 then he traced that shadow of like Joseph saving many people, like God putting Joseph in that position to save many people to like, Jesus has put been put in his position to save many people. And then we've received forgiveness. And so because we've received forgiveness, we've been forgiven much, we should also forgive much. So like when you do that, it it's totally fine. But when you say you got to, you know, be as pure as Joseph to guys who struggle with yeah. purity, it's like you're you're putting a burden on them that the Holy Spirit can help them accomplish. But they can't do that on their own. Yeah. If that makes sense. No, so it makes perfect sense. So so that's that's like that's what I um don't really like that happens in mainstream evangelicalism is like this underlying works righteousness that is put into these sermons um yeah
0: it's it's um you know we are free from sin we are free from the shackles you know we live in in a perpetual state of grace and it's not a license to sin obviously as paul says but uh it's so true what you're saying about you know, putting the shackles back on people—it's mm-hmm. like holding them to a to a to a biblical standard where that nobody in the Bible was able to live up to except
1: Christ. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and 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 also like we we want to be holy. Obviously, that's a desire of Christians. We want to be holy, um, and only God is only god and him working through us can get us to that place my my issue is like when we say like if you do this then god is not gonna bless you yeah if you do that then you should question your salvation and at the end of the day um romans 8 says there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in christ jesus so if there is no condemnation then like you know if if you I don't even know what a good example is, but that's like kind of the mentality. It's like, if you don't do this thing, or if you don't do it like this, then God's not gonna be happy with you or he's not gonna bless you. And Martin Luther says, I love that Martin Luther says, our good works are not for God. Our good works are for our neighbor. Mm. Like they're for our neighbors. and God doesn't need our good works. That's what he says. God doesn't need our good works, your neighbor does. Wow. And so um, that's something that's stuck with me is like, as a Christian, I do good works um, and I and I don't cheat on my wife so that I can have a happy and whole and fruitful marriage and so that our marriage can stay intact. And so my, my family, my kids can see, oh, this is what a godly marriage looks like, you know? Um, and that's why I, I do those things. Um, God doesn't need those good works, like, but he wants me to do them, obviously. Yeah. My, neighbor, my wife needs my, my faithfulness. My wife needs my patience. My kids need my uh, joy and my peace when I'm around them, like all of those sorts of things. And, and not to say I don't struggle with being patient and all that stuff I do, um, but at the same time, I can't do that. It's a fruit of the spirit that works in me. It's not something I can just conjure up myself. I need to ask the Holy Spirit to give me love and joy and peace and all of those sorts of things, um, all of that fruit in my life. And and in Romans 8, um, if you're struggling with sin, any sin, like any desires, Romans 8 says that by the Spirit we put to death the deeds of the flesh. So we need to ask the Holy Spirit to put to death the desires of the flesh, the desires of the old person, and our sin nature, because we can't do it ourselves, and and I think that's kind of what goes missing in a lot of mainstream evangelicalism preaching today is the power of the Holy Spirit, the actual power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah. What he does, nice. you got to
0: you got to put an asterisk on that, you know, yeah. <laughs> with, a, with a footnote at the bottom, uh, and no. I think that that's uh, you know what you're saying there is so valid the actual works of the Holy Spirit you know that that generates the fruit of the Spirit in people's mm-hmm. lives and yeah therefore makes you a, a makes you better to be around makes you as you were saying a better husband a, a, a better father a better friend a better pastor and mm-hmm. it, it's not of our own doings you can't like grit your teeth and and all right I'm gonna be a better you know it, maybe that'll work for uh, a short amount of time. But if you want yeah. long term, the spirit got to do it.
1: Yeah. Big time. Yeah. Yeah, totally. But,
0: so we are uh, I would love to keep talking with you. But I, you know, this hour kind of flew by. And if yeah. I didn't have another live, I would just say, hey, let's keep going. Um <laughs> no But I, I got another live I got to get to. We didn't even talk about some of the stuff I wanted to talk to you uh, about. So yeah, no but just so everyone knows, um Josh is actually going to be partnering with the Why Jesus Network. So you will see him on this channel a lot more. So you can 100 percent. I highly suggest going to subscribe to his channel, but you will get content here that won't be on his channel and you will get content Mm -hmm. on his channel that won't be on this channel. So make sure you're subscribed to both. With that being said, is there anything that you want to say
1: before we sign out? um you know anything that's on your heart i mean just the stuff we had talked about before was kind of like fitness being a man right mm-hmm. so like i think this is i mean how much time we got like two I minutes, eight minutes eight minutes okay yep so i mean so you had said earlier like um it's okay to do manly things and to be a man and be a christian it's okay to get around get around people who like i just said earlier like one guy is like yeah i love listening to your stuff and then the next second he's cussing up a storm (laughs) yeah it's it's like as a christian um you know it depends on your maturity but it is okay to be around people who are not necessarily christian like we have to be light in dark places Mm. and i think uh, depending on your maturity like I, I probably wouldn't go to the club just to go to the club, but like doing like going golfing or um, doing jujitsu or going hiking or whatever, like doing things, uh, joining, you know, a gym, all those sorts of things like, and and staying healthy and staying on top of your health um, is, is important. But I think it's like, for me, I used to kind of avoid like, ah, I don't know if I want to go and do that. I don't know if I have the, self-control to like go to jujitsu without getting mad because and that's taught me a lot of humility like Mm. just being humble um and being around people and being okay with being around people who aren't exactly like me um and so like just a real quick thing about about jujitsu that has made me humble in conversations and uh in just life in general is understanding that I don't know everything about the scriptures and I don't know everything about jujitsu. So you go into jujitsu classes as a white belt, you get hammered and hammered and hammered and you are tapping constantly. And eventually you start getting the hang of it and you start tapping less, but you still don't know everything. And the black belts will tell you that you don't ever, ever, know everything in jiu-jitsu. And I take that to Christianity. I've been a Christian for 30 years, and I don't know everything there is to know about the Bible. And I I think if there's anybody out there who's listening that's a brand-new Christian or you haven't been a Christian for very long, like understand when you get around people who have been Christians for a while, don't get intimidated by them. The black belts at jiu-jitsu will tell us we are just a white belt who kept coming back. Mm. We're just a white belt who kept coming back. And I was in small group with a lady who just got saved this year. And I was just going through a passage real quick, um, off the cuff. She's like, how do you do that? Like, I wanna be able to do that. And I, and I looked at her and I said, I've been a Christian for 30 years. And I, I told her the story about the black belt saying, we're just white belts who kept coming back. And I told her, just be a Christian who keeps coming back and you'll be at this place one day in your life. So if you're out there and you're listening and, and you're a brand new Christian and you're frustrated that you don't know everything, I don't know everything, John doesn't know everything, and it's okay to not know everything and to understand that if you are a Christian that keeps going to church, keeps reading your Bible, then eventually, God is going to mature you because it's God doing the work in you. So don't beat yourself up as to where you're at. If you fall, get back up. Um, And so I want to give you guys that encouragement as we sign out today.
0: Amen. I appreciate you. And, uh, you know, being I've been blessed this year to be around uh, people like you and people like other pastors and people who have been Christians longer than me and and are running churches and stuff like that, just in our in our little telegram group, you know? And it's been such a blessing to me to get around people who have been Christians for 30 years, 20 years, their whole entire lives, because I'm like one of the first Christians of my friends group, you know? So mm. it, it's it's so refreshing to me because I just get so much value and I learn so much just, just by being around you guys. And I'm not even physically around you, I'm just around you, you know, online. So, I suggest uh, anybody who's listening plug into what Josh is doing, and you know, if you see anyone else on this channel, plug into what they're doing as well, because, you know, we're we're just we want to be white white belts that keep coming back. I, I really yeah. like that. I'm gonna take that and uh, and run with it. But with that being said, guys, uh, you know, I'm signing out of here because I'm gonna go on my channel now to go do uh, a live finishing up the. Uh, professing my confessing my skins my skins <laughs> confessing my sins publicly series that we started earlier this week so josh thank you so much for being with right. us and you know you'll you'll be back on here at no time yeah. looking forward to it
1: yeah hey thank you john i appreciate you having me on you guys are a blessing to me as well um so i appreciate you and uh <clears throat> thanks for having me on man
0: definitely and i'm looking forward to seeing you when i come to arizona Uh, later later in the month yeah Yeah. we will hook it up don't tap me out all right no i won't
1: (laughs) 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 see you man all right